Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill, like John Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. Honest Abe here. We are broadcasting episode number 483 of KMA Talk Radio live from sunny South Florida. As always, with the gang. Today's gang is limited. We have the man himself called the goat. And um, I think we should just bring him on now. Why keep him in the green room? Might as well. We need somebody here. Otherwise, it's just the two of us. <laughs> in our green room, and our very special guest today is Michael Herklotz of Ferio Tego Cigars, also known as the face of the virtual Great Smoke. Michael, thanks for uh, spending your Saturday morning with us, my friend. I'm so happy to be with you guys, man. And limited. Yeah. This is a limited, limited group. This is high end. This is Best really to... exclusive, man. Best way to start your Saturday. How about it? Yeah, Coop, Coop is down at the Nica, Nico Puro Cigar Festival. Have you ever been there, Mike? I've been to Nicaragua plenty of times, not to the festival, though. Not to the festival. I guess if you go to one festival, it's kind of all the same stuff, just different country. Yeah, yeah well, I don't know, because I haven't been. But, um, you know, I, I try to balance when I go to these countries actually being able to get some work done, too. And obviously, with the festival being a pretty all-hands-on-deck scenario, there's not a lot of opportunity to get actual work done at the factory. So I skip it. I hear you. Well, happy birthday to Seth Jones. I was just going to say, it's in my notes, Seth Jones. He's from my hometown. It's his birthday today. He's a great guy. Happy birthday, Seth. Is Seth who we had dinner with? Yeah, exactly. That was Seth. Right, right. Yeah. Right. A little yeah, uh, post-TGS post sushi last year. Right? The poster in between. Oh no, post. Yeah, You're right. It was post. It was post yeah. the show, and then I was in between the show and Boynton. That's Roland. it. That's it. Um, so Coop's down there. Paul's either at Disney World or his kids' baseball game. I'm not really sure where Paul's at. This Saturday. Is it baseball or basketball? We never. I think it's baseball. I, I think they're too small to have basketball. It'd have to be like a really short net for kids his age. I don't he said b-ball. He said b-ball. And I think I, assumed, I think I assumed basketball when I read it because my son was playing basketball, but I think later I found out it's baseball. But who knows? Who knows? Either way, Paul's not here. Paul's Paul not. had the makings of a varsity athlete. <laughs> Paul's not here. Uncle so, Uh a couple of weeks ago, we started a GoFundMe. I think it may be the first GoFundMe I ever started in my life. I don't think I've ever started a GoFundMe page. Um, did you hear about this, Michael? I didn't. Oh, you're going to Oh, no, this. I did. Yes, of course I did. Oh, you the did? Stash? The stash. Yes. The GoFundMe for the stash. We're, uh, 
We had Alec and Bradley Rubin on our TGS drop, the, the crew. That's yep. what I got. So I got left of this 10 pack. That's great. It. Yeah. Been enjoying the crew cigar from uh, Alec Bradley, made exclusively for the Great Smoke. But we had him on. We talked about this epic stash that he finally grew. Um, and it's a serious stash. I mean, yeah. that's that's like uh, it's like next level. Like you don't see stashes like that even even in the last like forty years. It's like the space between the lip and the nose has just evolved over the generations that can't even host a mustache like that. Yet he somehow was able to grow that thing. I mean, look at that thing. It's unbelievable. It, it really is. Look at that. There it is. Look it doesn't. That. It doesn't look real, and yet it is. I mean, it's a real deal stash. So you know, we kind of entered scenarios in which a stash would, would you know, would ever be shaved. He said no, but we got him to agree to shave this stash at the Great Smoke. We started a GoFundMe page for the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County. So. The goal was ten thousand dollars. He said, "If we reach ten thousand um, dollars, he would shave his get his mustache shaved live on stage, Michael, during the Great Smoke, broadcast to everybody in the world." So we um, right now, money. We're about sixty four hundred. Sixty four hundred. We got over a month to go, so I think this is a very attainable. Now, mind you, just a special note of consideration: his mother has donated two thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> out of the 6400 so somebody really wants that stash gone so. you know i'll tell you i was um i have done a mustache for charity event at pro cigar right before covid or two years before covid we shaved manola casada's mustache live on stage oh, and wow. i think we raised like twenty thousand dollars and hochi blanco took it off him so wow. there's, a, there's a lot of money to be raised for shaving stash for stash a lot of money in the stash business. Listen, I have no concerns that in, in the rare chance that we're a little bit short coming up to the show, one live announcement during TGS will put oh, us done. over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put yeah. us way over the top. So that stash I, is coming off. This, I, I, this, this community knows when to dig in their pockets and do something to help people. And if we get to shave a stash at the same time, you know, it's a win-win. It's really it's a win-win. I, I can't I can't see I can't see it happening just for the fact that his mother has put in two thousand. How do you say no to that? Right. It's I, I definitely it's happening. Gotta, it's gotta get shaved. And it's all for a good cause. So once again, you know, the cigar industry coming together to do some good to the community and some good causes always a popular and pleasure thing to see. Now I got sent a link regarding this stash actually but i didn't realize this and i don't even know who's behind this alex have you ever seen that page before i have seen it um it was sent to me a few times concerning a name we will not name and and um mike turn your turn your phone down. i got you i got you <laughs> but um yeah it is uh it is an interesting page and great satire page what is I'm, it called again I'm going to post the link right now in the, in the chat, but this is, uh, it's, I guess it's a mockery. I don't know. Maybe you've seen it, Michael. I, I've never seen it, but it's a mockery, uh, like CNN news page. I just okay. posted the link. It's a, um, it's a satire page. It's called Cigar News Today, CNT. That's what it looks like, CNT. Cigar I've news. never heard of it. All right. But if you just read the header of the article, there's the picture of... Uh, there's a picture of Bradley Rubin with his stash. <laughs> I guess. 
Bradley really takes a step back from cigars and his barber. And these are all satirical articles, but they are hilarious. They are hilarious. Dude, this is great. It's brilliant. But if you go to the homepage, it, this is like four pages of articles. I mean, oh, I'm gonna. Whoever's behind this, this is like I, the onion of the cigar business. Yes, it is exactly what it is. I literally just learned about it this Babylon week. Babylon B. Literally just learned about it this week, but it's pretty damn funny. And uh, take great. a moment, take a moment, read that article. It's pretty entertaining, actually. So cool stuff going on with you know great smoke and speaking of the great smoke i'm getting ready to light up a cigar yeah i'm ready and uh, I'm, I, I don't man I don't. so this is timeless black from what i understand okay and um this is a specially made if i can get it on there tgs 2023 edition this cigar will be available to the people attending the dinner that you're hosting the pre-event dinner that you're hosting Friday night before the main event of the Great Smoke. And if there's any left, they'll be available at the event the next day. But I'm getting ready. I, I've already cut it with our Great Smoke cutter. Perfect cutter. Look at what a nice, perfect cut it made. And I'm going to light this puppy up. Tell us a little bit about the cigar, Mike. Um, well, so the the only time we've ever used the black motif before is with the TAA blend um, starting in 2020. And the original idea behind the black was was to use the black as kind of just a, a small project uh, theme. But so far, we've only used it for TAA 2020 and TAA 2022. So I thought this would be an awesome time to, to use the band again on such a small hip project like TGS. We make this in Casada in Dominican Republic. It's Nicaragua and Dominican filler. Um, but pushing a little on the Nicaragua filler, uh, Dominican binder and wrapper from DR also. So, um, pretty hip blend. Um, I think, I mean, you know, we'll let the flavor speak for itself. Six and a half by 48. So nice format, but I just think, you know, cigars like this, cigars in general for me have to tell a story. And it's something that I spend a lot of time on trying to make sure that, particularly cigars that have some decent format to it, that there's a start, that there's a story to be told in the middle and that there's some kind of conclusion at the end, which sounds ridiculous, but, but I, I think cigars really need to be engaging. Stories need to have a real plot and a real theme and they need to evolve to hold your attention. Um, and so that's kind of my approach to blends in general, but with this one, um, I'm really excited about it. I think that the TGS folks are going to go bananas over it. So far, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I'm also digging, and I got to bring this up again. Look at those hands. <laughs> what do we call them? They're, they're soft. They're very soft. So, I mean, look at well-groomed. Look at, I mean, if the cigar lives up to the hype of those hands. Of the hands. We yes. got a winner here. Yes. But even the first puff, you know, that's the other thing. I spend I spend time making sure that the first puff delivers something that makes you say yes. Like I really don't subscribe to the idea of you have to wait an inch. I mean, like you don't eat a quarter of your steak before it gets good. Like it has to be good or it's not good. I, I, I'm a full subscriber to that. 
Um, and I hear that, oh, man, it gets really good in the, in the second half. Like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not making it to the second half. Yeah, not if the first half sucks. Yeah, if it doesn't start talking to me right away, I'm not wasting my time. Yeah, I mean, who takes a bite of a meal and says, oh, God, that was an awful, yeah. awful right. bite. Maybe, maybe the middle will get, get better. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe get better in the middle. Not for me. There, a lot of folks say that, you know, and that's all right. But but I, I really think it's just my own style. It has to be. It has to be uh, engaging from the from the first light. I have to admit, it had more body than I expected. It's very full, but not an ass kicker. Like I don't make no, ass not an ass kicker. No, no bite. No, no. no bite. But the body is mouth filling. People get confused by that all the time. It's an important distinction. Do you find that when you're talking to people? When you tell them something very full body. They they think it's an ass kicker or peppery or harsh or super strong, which is not what I mean when I'm saying full body. Yeah. It's, it's why I tend to, when I talk about body, reinforce it with the word mouthfeel. Just to, just to remind folks that body is the way smoke feels, not the way smoke affects. Strength speaks more to the way smoke may affect you, but bot like Sterling, for example, or even Ferriotego elegancia, those are massively full-bodied, even though they have the lighter, whiter flavors of the DR, um, and they're they're pretty elegant. But the the way the smoke feels when it hits your palate is full-bodied, and even when you take a puff, I mean, Abe, as soon as you lit it and the smoke came out of your face, you could see the body, you know. No, it's okay. definitely, and it's producing smoke, like bountiful, nice full smoke. That, that was like almost Matt Booth-esque smoke out of your face. You know I mean? <laughs> Every once in a while, I got to channel my inner Booth, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I need to address Garrett real quick. All right. So listen, I dropped two, I think, last night or the night before. Okay? I dropped two games to Garrett. wasn't pretty. Should have won one, in my opinion. It happens. Lifetime, I'm like 28 and 40 against Garrett, which, in my opinion, is pretty good. 28 and 4. 40, 28, 28 wins, 40 losses. Oh, so Garrett's, Garrett's the better Garrett. player. Oh, yeah. Garrett's been playing much okay. longer than me. And I dropped I dropped a couple lately from him. But um, Garrett, be warned. I just ordered a new clock. Get your blitz game ready for post-TGS parties. And no one likes a braggart, Garrett. Nah, we love it. You know, it's, I love it. Alex is watching videos late last night. Was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. So. Yeah. He, he, he's he's, he's my, my rushing up for you, awesome. Garrett. Yes. Um, you know, so these cigars made the Casada factory. Now, not to say anything negative about, you know, the factory, but they seem to be creeping back into the public spotlight. I Being think so. about more and more in the last, say, 12 to 18 months, because it kind of went on a oh, news media hiatus for a couple of years there, and they seem to be being talked about what do you attribute that to mike well a, a couple things first of all i think the idea that um just because a brand doesn't put out a press release that somehow it is sleepy i don't really think that's a, a fair assessment um but i do recognize that there is a certain subset of consumer that assumes that the pulse of industry is reflected by the pulse of cigar media um 
But don't even, you feel don't you feel that if you don't find a way to stay out there somewhere, especially in today's age where everything is news and people are reading or watching somebody's podcast or literally everywhere, you know, at least in the social media realm, don't you feel that if you don't find a way to sometimes get out there or whatever that you just get forgotten or people just well, kind of I do because I participate in that space and you do because you participate in the space. But for the ones who don't, like I'll give you a great example. So I was just on tour all week. I was in Illinois, uh, Indiana, Ohio. I got back late Thursday. And I asked the same question in every shop. What influences your customers to walk in here and buy something? What is the thing that drives a customer to a brand that maybe they haven't purchased before? And you guys are in retail, so you, you ask yourself that same thing all the time. The, the idea that they open up Cigar Aficionado and see a full page ad and say, oh, wow, that looks great. I'm going to go buy it. I don't think that's happening. Then, you know, is it the ratings that are doing it? Is it um, Facebook? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? It, you know, I don't know. Are they logging on to Cigar Coop, hyphen Coop, Cigar hyphen Coop every morning and seeing the news of the day? I don't know. So I asked this one shop in Ohio. And they said, look, these guys, they don't read Cigar Aficionado. They definitely don't belong to Facebook groups. They don't follow social media. They don't watch Dojo. They, their, only, uh, their only engagement to industry is whatever happens in the four walls of that shop while they're there enjoying a cigar. So that's a very long way of saying for the people like you and me who are engaged in that world, then being absent is uh, is obvious to us. But for, you know, Jim Smith that goes to the cigar shop every morning at 9 a.m. and he's retired, he doesn't care about any of that stuff. He, it's not even on his radar whether things are happening or not. But let me push to answer your Casada question better. Imagine uh, you're, you're living in your home and after, you know, you know, there's some work to do, there's some work to do. You're doing some touch-ups, you're fixing things here or there. But at one point, you just finally look and realize that in order to build the, the house that you want to build, you can't build it on the foundation that's in the ground. It's, it's too old. And so to build it right, you actually have to pick up the house, move it over here, take out the foundation, dig it deeper, dig it wider, dig it stronger put new infrastructure in, and then be able to build your house back up. That's a lot of what Casada's done over the last five years. Now, I've been in the factory for all of that, so I've had the opportunity to see it. The idea that somehow they weren't front of mind didn't occur to me because I'm so engaged with that factory all the time. But on a dojo interview maybe a year ago, uh, Sensei mentioned the same thing. He said, you really start to see them come back. And that's when I used this analogy for the first time. For, for a few years, Quesada was, the, their house was still propped up, but it was over here. And they were spending so much time and money and effort rebuilding that foundation, logistics, infrastructure, processes, training, all that stuff they've been doing for years. And now, you know, if, you, if you're walking by a construction site and you're on the sidewalk, you don't see what's going on in the hole. So it looks like there's been a hole there for a year until finally you see stuff coming up. 
now we're starting to see the house being put back up on this new foundation. And I think with that, you're going to see a lot of exciting stuff coming out of that factory because their infrastructure is incredible. The, the efficiencies that they've created for a streamline for processing, um, putting things in the right order, infrastructure training, personnel, hierarchy of leadership, all of it is this, there's this really, really strong um, structure there now. And it's been, it's been just a dream for us as we're trying to build our company too, to have them, you know, be as structured as they are. I mean, make no quips about it. Emmanuel Casada is definitely a legacy guy within our industry. I mean, hands down, it's not like uh, he's a newcomer to what's going on. Um, and, you know, I've said it before, right? The populace of, I think, cigar consumers. The populace of cigar consumers probably aren't on social media. We all know that, right? The right. majority. But there's also the populace of the cigar consumers who aren't in the cigar culture. So I think that's two different universes that exist as a, a cigar community a community of people who enjoy cigars and smoke cigars and then there are there's a community that's about the culture of cigars right and 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 i think whether the people who are into the social media or not still know somebody who does so being out there always helps the cause because that one guy when i go to my shop and i'm with five other guys or i go to my local shop who really aren't in that verse I'm going to be talking about something I just read about, or I just learned about, or I just heard about. So it's good to see them kind of get a little more active in that universe from my perspective, because great company, great people I've known for many years. My set, one of the earliest people at Sal, one of my mentors introduced me to. So it's good to see it on my end. I'm happy for them. Yeah, I agree. And they're doing yeah. great work. Most and, consumers uh, don't know who Alan Rubin is. Alan likes to host his own show during shows anybody notice that he's got this, oh, yeah. like, he's got this but, you know here's the thing too though with, with being out there. Theory. um you know hopefully hopefully the guy working in that shop is a part of the cigar culture so and just to if it's a good shop right if it's, if it's a reasonable shop guy, right yeah and, and just to answer your question earlier michael i think the number one thing that that you know all those other things aside that drives a sale is the guy in the shop Whoever, whoever that customer is dealing with. So you, 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 you at least, I feel like you have to be out there a little bit, at least if you're to be in the minds of those type of people. I mean, look, you know, case in point, I tried a cigar the other day that, that I, that I, uh, I haven't had in years, literally because I was doing a price increase and I said, Oh, wow. You know what? I haven't had that in a while. Um, so you got to put yourself in people's minds somewhere, whether it's the consumer, whether it's the, the tobacconist, but um, yeah, we're uh, you know, fortunately we're we're seeing I'm seeing a lot of Casada news lately, um, and the the cigars are great, pieces, man. And, and and listen, no question, they have not made good cigars. I mean, this this cigar is just this cigar is beast mode right now, dude. It's so chewy. It's earthy, but it's chewy. that's the word chewy. I'm finding yeah. it smoke very chewy. No, I think I think a lot of people are going to be happy at the great smoke dinner this year with this thing. Here. Are, are, are there tickets left for that dinner? Very few, honestly. Sure I mean, it's, I don't think it'll last another week or two, maybe at the most. It's very few. And by the way, just to button up what people are going to get at that dinner, I mean, we we kind of went a little over the top. I think it's fair to say we're not probably. Just 
probably well over featuring uh, a no. couple cigars. You're getting a 2022 Elegancia, a 2022 Generoso, and this limited edition uh, TGS exclusive. I mean, that's it's stupid, really. So every, if I had actually time. thought about it, it might be <laughs> it might be a little too much. I don't know. It's a little. It's a little over the top. You're definitely getting your money's worth. Can we say like this is, this is over delivering value? Listen, as you it should. Be. As a okay. Listen, we've always been about delivering value, so it's definitely over the top. The cigars. I know Evan. I, I, I've put a lot of pressure on Evan this year. You know, he has not cracked, but I've, I've been heavy on him. I think it's going to be an over the top food experience, over the top cigars. And the nice thing about it is. Everybody who comes to that dinner is guaranteed getting one of these, and we will have some available for sale. And I'm just going to tease oh, it man. right now because it's sitting on my desk. We have even something cool planned that we ain't telling anybody. Do you like that, Mike? Came out like great, that, Mike. Yeah. So came out great. We have something even planned, so uh, it should be a over-the-top dinner. We're very excited, and um, I don't want to jinx it, but things are coming along good this year. Um, you know, the only thing that's not coming along good is my outfit because I don't know what I'm going to wear, but I'm definitely not wearing what I, you have me photoshopped in. <laughs> I, I, why not? I can't do it, bro. I can't wear I pajamas. Think, no. I think, I think we actually got Paul that suit. I think Paul's going to be wearing that suit for the I great. Thought Paul suit. had that suit. Yeah, he, he does. A real photo. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously photoshopped because I'm taller than Kim in that picture, and that's. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure the other two were straight photos. They posed for it, didn't they? Yes. No. No, no, they're all photoshopped. They're all photoshopped, even Paul, even though he doesn't want Although to there is there is debate over Paul's pick that may or may not be photoshopped. And if it's not when you, it's pretty, you know, I don't know if people know close. that that was put together without permission, like just to be clear. And you said Oh, that, yours. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think you'd be offended. I really had to ask Paul if he'd be all right if we posted that. I did. You sent that. And I thought you were joking around, and then all of a sudden it was like up live everywhere. I'm like, wait, okay, well, there it is. That's it. No, when, when I sent it, that's your moment of, hey, what are you doing? Do not post that. Yeah, you're not Absolutely using it, not. are you? That, that was your moment. So I do need to find something that's not quite full on carnival, but that's still <laughs> Mardi Gras. There's a, there's a balance. I got to find the balance. I, I, you know, you and I text too often, I, but your reply to me. It was it, great. It, it, your reply to me was hilarious. I don't know if I can find it. It's going too far back, but your reply to me was very funny about, hey, would you be considered wearing, oh, here, maybe, a, oh yeah. I, I sent him the picture, I sent him the picture. Michael's reply to me is, what is that? Um, Your suit for the great smoke. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Mardi Gras. I spent tons of time in events with Emerald. I like, I, I like how Emerald works his way into the conversation. And the only Jamokes in their pajamas are the clowns. I'll find an alternative and tell Stephanie she's no help. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? No, man. Um, so did you, did, you think, did you think when we did the TGS in 2020 that we would be still doing this two years later in a virtual component i can tell you after the big smoke after the, the the great smoke i was convinced we would going yeah. into it and i think i've told this story to you too i still didn't know the day i landed what exactly was happening you know 
And then I walked in the room and you said, let's do a read through. And I'm like, a read through? And you said, of the script. And I said, script? What are we doing here? And then I see this setup and I'm like, how long is this again? And you said, we're hoping to keep it to eight hours. And I said, holy shit. I had no idea what I had signed up for. But man, afterwards, it was so good. Just the, the whole thing was so good. And the feedback that we got that day over the next week, that so many people got to participate in something they had never been able to participate in before. To me, that was like, okay, this happens forever. There's, there's no there's no possibility to cut people off. Why would we do that? It doesn't make any sense. And I thought last year was incredible from a balanced perspective. The people who were there loved being there and the people who couldn't go loved being on virtual, you know? I mean, we like 2020 was a good, or 2021 was good practice, good like big rehearsal, test and learn. Last year, I think we were much better at executing and flipping to each other and playing off each other and doing all that kind of stuff. And the other thing I've heard is that people who were there didn't realize that there was a whole other show that was so good. So a lot of people, when they got home, went back and watched the virtual and they saw all the stuff that they missed yeah. by being there in person. So it's if, a you're coming, if, if you're coming live, you literally have the opportunity to experience it two completely different ways. Yeah. You know, to have, to have to experience the event twice in two completely different ways. And, and I got I to tell you, man, you know, obviously the technology and the work that went into the first one was a lot and it wasn't as complex, but it was very complex, more complex production wise. Because the liberty we had the first time is we really had no hard sets. Either we were long, we were short, we just on the fly, but coordinating with something that was going on live at the same time, we had to make certain marks. We had to make certain times. So it was it was very challenging. I think I think that was the hardest thing about putting it together. And um, you know, somebody asked me, "Are you behind or are you ahead of the Great Smoke this year?" And technically, we're way behind, but that's only because I gave everybody dates of deadlines that were way earlier than we needed them. So we're in a good space. Things are coming along. We're waiting for some final shipments that should be here. Um, the remaining of the swag was supposed to be here uh, yesterday. Um, but it's going to come Monday or Tuesday of next week. You know, there was some delivery or trucking issue, but um, we're going to we're going to get out some packages to a lot of our social media friends um, who are coming down for the event, so they can start showing everybody the cool stuff that they're getting. And packages will go out the, the you know on time. First week of March, they'll start landing to all the people who are really watching and joining us from home. And um, I bumped into a guy in Indianapolis who said that we had met at the Great Smoke and that he was bummed this year he couldn't go because he's going on a cruise. So he already got his virtual ticket because he's gonna he's hoping that he can get his package and bring it on the cruise and he's gonna do it live and do the virtual on his vacation. I mean, that's commitment, man. Yeah, man. But that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty yeah. of it. You know, just cause you can't make it doesn't mean you have to miss it. Great. You know you're doing a good job when, when the consumers start referring it to a family reunion. I mean, these are thousands of people coming from all over the place, and they talk about it like it's it's a family reunion. It's the annual family reunion. So um, we're excited. We're in the home stretch. Things are things are coming across very good this year. I'm I'm happy that you you you're involved this year, not just as a host or whatever, but you're actually involved as an organization and a company, hosting one of the dinners. 
very cool. And you know, hosting a dinner is right up your alley. You bet. Yeah. I can't wait. I, I, I see that. You do a lot of dinners. You know what? Had a lot of dinners in the Ferry Otago there's, family. There's something intimate and meaningful when you have a meal with somebody. You know, when you sure. that's an important part of a day and it's personal. And so when you sit together and enjoy a meal together, I think it I think it resonates that time spent together in a very different way. Uh, so to be able to do this dinner with Evan, who I've known for 20 years, and with my smoke in family, I'm just so pumped so, about it. I can't that's wait. So funny. It's uh, that just it's so funny that uh, Evan is so Forrest Gump. It's unbelievable. How that's our joke. He's like Forrest I mean, Gump. He just connected to everybody. I mean, would you have thought years. 20 years ago? Would you have thought 20 years ago you'd be hosting dinners here with Evan and me here at an event? You know, I no. Mean, right. I mean, how does that even happen? It's crazy. But he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's you know hanging out with Ric Flair and Bruce the Barber Beefcake, and then some gumbo guy from Louisiana who opened up a thing here. He's everywhere. Evan is. I, I actually I missed him Thursday. He invited me. They just had a. Uh... They just had actually invited you to a, but I was I forgot. I to the Brutus or Ric Flair thing? To the well, he had he had Brutus Barber Beefcake twice, but just this Thursday he had they had a rib and boxing event down at Delray Beach Boxing, and he invited me as his guest and, and you and I and you were jammed and I was I just didn't get a chance to make it. I wish I did, especially you know being a boxing guy and I wanted some ribs from Evan. You didn't but, uh, you didn't go see Ric Flair. I didn't. Where, I didn't. Where was the Rick Flair? He's, he's in the Wellington Mall. He texted oh, really? me like at ten thirty, and it started at eleven. I'm like, yeah, okay, uh, thanks. I, I but he, had, he, he put a picture. He put a picture up with him, and Rick's looking old. Rick is old, bro. I'm I know. Rick is he's, old. he's looking old. There's a difference being old and looking old. He's starting to look old. Yeah, I, I don't know if he gave the if crowd a if you or got not. Fake hit in the face with a chair I'm enough times, you'd be looking old too. True. True that. Yep. What do you think? I just saw you just took a puff and I saw the smoke like ooze out. No, is it? It's great. It's no, great. Chew, Chewy's the, the smoke. I literally feel like I could chew on it. That's how thick it is. Construction's been flawless on this stick. I mean, literally, and and it's um, a nice beefy stick too. Yeah, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a, a, a light stick. I mean, it's it's beefy. What is this? Good. Six and a half, Mike? Six, six and a half, 48. So being that your company's only two years old, is this the first like officially two years old too, right? January sixth? Company is two years old, in market now 14 months. Yeah. But this is the official first um exclusive. We, That's what I was gonna say. This yeah. is the first I'm honored. Yeah, I didn't even really think of that. I'm honored. Yep. And this is a year a year in the making. I mean, these Literally. have some time on them. It's going to be uh, Evan. I'm when, very when you excited. Make comments when you make comments like this, people are going to hold you to. You're going to have to deliver at some point. You know what? He Evan. Any, I'm not saying any, he can't. <laughs> any comment Evan ever makes is a comment that he is 100 like. Oh, we're gonna make this happen in his head, whether it comes to fruition or not. But like, yeah, Evan wants to make shit happen. That's what he does. Evan does make shit happen. That's Absolutely. what he does. Wow. Yeah, I'm truly, truly, truly enjoying the cigar. 
So I was in the dojo night last night with Nick Labretti from JR Cigars and a, and a gentleman named, I think Scott it was, who's got a mobile lounge. We talked about a few things. And uh, one of the conversations we came up with year-end lists, you know, my, my, my opinion on year-end lists is it's okay. It happens every day. All, all someone's top 10 or whatever, it's just their opinion. It's shared every day in a cigar shop. Whether you agree or don't agree, I don't think it's relevant. You know, someone did share his opinion. Um, you know, I mean, there's one thing when you're stuck in a shop with a guy like who just won't stop talking and is sharing his opinion when not asked, whatever. But if you're reading somebody's top 10, you're oh. going to their page and then they all start whining and complaining. So that, that, that's the concept of it. I never really understood. There are people who are against it or think, you know, it's too much, but everybody has their community, right? No, you know, most people aren't putting a blog or something out there just for one person to read, whether it's 20 or 50 or a hundred or thousands, they have a community and the community wants that opinion. So I think it's per things that are perfectly okay and, and fine. I don't think it's really anything anybody should complain about, but I think your company has found its way to some of these lists. So what's your take on, on these lists and how do you feel about making some of them this year? I think it's the, it's the, it's the classic human nature of, uh, you don't like the popular kids until you get invited to their party. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's all right. You know, these lists are stupid until you're number one. And then it's like, what are you hating on the lists for? These lists are great. I mean, obviously <laughs> they know exactly what they're talking about. I, I agree with you, Abe. I think uh, particularly in, in the shop environment, you're, you're constantly creating some level of hierarchy, even in your own mind when you're when you're deciding what you want to smoke. Like no one thinks to themselves, let me smoke the cigar I like the least. You're constantly ranking in your head what stands out and, and what do you want to fire up right now? So the, the lists are the lists. Um, I can tell you as an artist, you always, I mean, obviously you do the art for the art which is mostly true, but you also do it for, for the pure recognition of whether the work is good and whether people enjoy it. And, you know, you don't know every time someone listens to your song, you don't know every time someone fires up your cigar. So the only way to, to get that um, confirmation of enjoyment is to have a review or to have somebody post something or to have then this ultimate hierarchical list that kind of stacks you up against your peers. So I'm a big fan. And, and whether it's a cigar aficionado list or whether it's just a, a porch blogger who, who is making his own list, I don't know of any artist or cigar maker or so, who doesn't want to be on there because you want to make work that people love and appreciate. And when they compare it to the other things within whatever time frame they're looking at, I want mine to stand out. I want it to be memorable. And I wanted to make every list it can make. So I was happy. I saw on the consensus um, that Ferriotego Generoso made it, which means that it, it had to have been on a number of other lists. So that's uh, what's actually frustrating to me is I, when I saw it hit the consensus, I started trying to dig down and find all the lists that it showed up on. And I couldn't find them, which I think is a missed opportunity. If you're, if you're making a list, you have to let the people know who's on it so we can also help amplify your platform like you you've done us 
a big favor by publicly recognizing your affection for our products. So allow us to reciprocate by amplifying your list, you know? But it's awesome to see it there, man. It's really, it's so encouraging. It was great to be out this week too. Indiana, Ohio, um, you know, those are those are pretty new markets for these brands. Um, and so it was great being in shops and having people know the story already, having them, you know, just random guy pat me on the back. Hey, I'm excited for you guys. Good job. You know, people are aware of the story and now people are starting to really recognize the good work we're doing, the great work the factories are doing. Um, you know, there's there's a lot for us to be proud of, and I really am, but it's, it is great to hear that direct feedback that people are really enjoying what we're doing. I think Half Wheel was brilliant and really separated themselves, everything with the whole concept of making a consensus list, right? One, it takes them out of the equation of this is our opinion, right? And it just, it's become out of all the lists out there, okay, you could look at this, but this is the consensus list. Crap load of work, probably. Holy cow. Um, but uh, when he I goes that- through his methodology in, in the last video, he had his spreadsheet up and how he assigns points and how he how he um, merges multiple sizes of the same blend across different lists and and takes that into consideration. So it's a very thoughtful process. Uh, but it's. Um, yeah, I was really excited to see Generoso make it on there, man. No. Yep. Big congratulations. And well earned. I mean, there was a lot of, you could tell just all around, not just how you talk about it, even just the product. A lot of heart went into that project. So, man, it's, you know, I think people overused the, the term all in. I certainly have overused it, but Ferriotego is an all-in uh project for me and for brendan i mean we're we're all in every day working hard trying to trying to build this new small business and so far so good now are you going to the tpe i'm not going to tpe because i'm going to pro cigar brendan is going to go to tpe Uh, oh so but the company will be present okay okay yep but as you know Pro Cigar is very important to me. Um, so I wasn't going to miss that. Doing a charity auctioning? Uh, they need you, bro. Who's going to take why that I go. over if you don't that's go? That's why I go. Yep, yep. For those who and don't it, know the background story, um, Mike, unfortunately, our, our Great Smoke event landed right on the week of Pro Cigar Festival, which Michael had attended to for, what, 10 years straight? and hosted Every, every year. Yeah. Since so... He is literally the MC for the big charity auction at the end of this event. And he basically broke the news to Pro Cigar Festival that he won't be able to do it this year because he's going to be hosting the Great Smoke virtually. And they concocted a whole plan for him to come down, do it, and private jetted him. I think you landed, what, four in the morning? Three. Three in the morning here in West Palm Beach. And then was basically... Took a nap. Took a nap. By (laughs) nine... By nine nine thirty was at the fairgrounds getting ready for the virtual broadcast of the Great Smoke. So, yeah. yeah so, so if you remember during TGS twenty twenty one, Michael, in a total improv moment, auctioned off a TGS Opus with Carlito. 
fourteen hundred dollars. Right, right. So that's essentially twice. what Michael does twice. That's essentially what Michael twice. does at Pro Cigar on a grand scale every year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we raised and a lot more. Carlito, Carlito right. who, who I think got the first one. Carlito got the first yeah. one. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we auctioned it off. The second one off to, yeah, Walt, Walter, I think. Walt, Walt yeah. Meyer, yeah. So Carlito bought the first one. Michael auctioned off one. Everybody wanted $1,400 raised for, I think it went to the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. It did, yep. Carlito actually not only mailed us a check for that cigar. Yeah. That we, then we had to go turn around and donate. Um, then gave that cigar to my wife. <laughs> Dude, I'll, tell you, to my wife. I'll tell you a great Carlito story. I don't remember if I've told it on this show. I was doing an auction for Cigar Family Charitable Foundation in New York. And I brought with me one of the first, the first cigar Carlito ever gave me when I met him when I was in college, which was an Opus X Perfection A. My trio or quartet was playing at a Fuente dinner in Boston. I met Carlito and he gave me one of these cigars, one for each of the bandmates. Of course, I didn't give it to them. I kept them all myself. So I brought one to uh, the auction and I told the story of how I met him. And so I said, now just to warm up before we get into the auction, I'm going to auction off this Perfection A from 1999 that Carlito gave me. So we get into a bidding war and finally it gets up to, I don't know, maybe a thousand bucks. I don't remember how much it was. And I can't see who's got it. And then I finally see, and Carlito walks up and gives me like the, the top, whatever, 2000, it's crazy. And everyone's like, oh, forget it. And he takes the cigar. He looks back at everyone. He goes, now, if you'll excuse me, he looks back at me and hands it to me. He said, I already gave this to you once. Don't ever do that again. And he hands it back to me. <laughs> wow. Who's, that's, that's Carlito, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I tell you what, man, this industry is, is riddled with some really cool stories. Really nonstop. Nice. He's, a, he's a special guy, man. Super special, super special. And, uh, you know, always comes out of the woodwork with some, like, when you least expect it, some movement, some act that you just never see coming, man. You know, we're, we're, we're it's, 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 a, it's an honor to know the guy. So very, very happy. Um, I think Carlito really is one of the fires that started the TGS limited releases. Um, yeah. When, when we were trying to conceive of that, like, you know, Michael said, Michael, you said, you know, you landed, you had no idea what was going on. I think most people who participated that year before it happened really didn't have any kind of idea what was going to happen. I think a lot of our team involved had no idea what was going to happen. Was and that the first year of exclusives? That we that was the year we came up with because we were so concerned that, because we had seen how a couple other people had done virtual events. And we were concerned that, look, if we don't do something exciting, I think people are just going to think it's going to be another flat Zoom virtual event production, like, you know, right. basically what you're looking at now. So we really said we have to create some kind of buzz so that people don't miss out on this experience. And that, that was the first year we ever, and that was, I think, year 15, that had said, let's create some TGS exclusives, right? Um, so... We reached out to a bunch of our friends. Carlito immediately said, yeah. And then what does he come up with? The version of Opus X. It obviously it became like probably one of the most famous unicorns instantly. 
And uh, even till today, people are still asking, talking about it, looking for it. He was gracious enough to bring another little allocation of boxes last year during the event. We actually had to do, we did a raffle to anybody who bought a ticket to the event to have the opportunity just to get a box of those. You know, I don't know how to divvy up 30 people through a couple thousand, 30 boxes of cigars when you have a couple thousand people. But he, he just always finds a way just to, to come through with some kind of act of graciousness. So, but yeah, it, it dawned the prior, the thing of TGS exclusive events. And now this is our third year. Um, we got a pretty wild lineup this year. Once again, Steve Saka was back. He sold out right away. Um, the Alec Bradley, which was our second release, um, dropped on January 18th. So about 10 days ago. And I, I don't think it may even make it till Wednesday. Last I looked at the inventory. So those are almost gone. That's the crew. What's cool now is in our third year, the manufacturers are now even getting involved in theming the cigars they're making for the great smoke. So this, this was kind of a very cool project. Um, and uh, this Wednesday we're, we're, we're dropping this and we'll have a little video for you after the break. Um, uh, Robert Holt, first time working with Robert Holt on a project evening stock. Um, we'll talk about the cigar cause I don't know if I sent you the copy that Robert sent me about the blend and stuff, but it's kind of one of the un most unique descriptions I've heard about a cigar and tobacco and even like a certain humidity level to store this one at. It'll be interesting when we talk to him Wednesday night about that cigar. But yeah, that's how the, the TGS releases. So, you know, we have TGS cigars, we have micro blends, but the TGS, unlike our micro blend projects, we ask the manufacturers to just make something special for the event. We're not really involved in the process. I wasn't involved with Mike or Robert or even the Alec Bradley guys. I think William Cooper saw this packaging before we did. Before we did. Yeah. Um, our micro blends is a whole different process. I was showing Alex with bags. In fact, we were, the team were just smoking three different blends to see what we like. And, you know, it's, it's a more of a back and forth process. And we actually pick a blend. Um, so it's kind of cool because for me, I'm smoking like a consumer for the first time, right? Usually by the time right. we get a micro blend, right. we know what it is. Right. We know what it is. We smoked right. a bunch. Sure we got a couple, right. Yeah. At that point, it's just making sure it's what we, what we smoked originally, it. right? Right. But this is these, this is smoking like like a consumer first time. Yeah, we get these like a consumer, so it's cool. And made me oh, so got coffee. I was reading the post from Craig Kilburn, made me snort coffee out of my nose. But I'm gonna tell you something very interesting. Um, uh, the retro hail on this, I don't know if you retro hail it, it's very tasty, very tasty. Sometimes I find cigars I don't enjoy the retro hails on some of them. I'll enjoy smoking them. But for some reason, the retro hill is a little too much. I'm really enjoying the retro on the cigar. So, and it's you that that chewiness that's in the body for the mouthfeel. It it's not um, it's not as intense when you retro. It's it's a bit, it's not a bit silkier I, and nuanced. Right, right, and, and and this it's not overpowering at all. Like I remember, and don't get me wrong, it is a great cigar. But I remember one time we had Raphael on for a spotlight feature. And so we were smoking the H. Upman uh, AJ. And at 10 o'clock in the morning, I was ready to fucking die. You know, <laughs> like, that cigar was not a 10 o'clock in the morning cigar. This is not overpowering. I could smoke this after dinner. I could smoke this now without feeling overwhelmed. And like, I don't feel like talking. I want to sit here. I'm stoned out. Um, so no, without getting is... crazy inside baseball, because it doesn't matter and who cares, but this blend is actually a sibling of the elegancia blend oh. which 
you wouldn't necessarily think elegancia when you like this up by the look right? of it right right but obviously that has has a, a shade grown wrapper that really creams out the blend but it is nicaragua and dr combined we used the same four fillers and tweaked the proportions of that blend and then started playing with different wrappers just to see how far away we could get it yet still preserve that that super creamy quality that elegancia has and so right. i think we've i mean we've achieved what we hope to achieve certainly with this with this blend but i couldn't scale it because of this wrapper so this was the perfect project uh, to do this on that that was how i actually you know i had microblends trademark i think years before we actually did our first microblend series um that that's how i actually came up with the microblend series because as I went to factories or talked to manufacturers or, you know, being in this industry, we will get samples. Guys walked in. What do you think of this? I get it all the time. Oh, what are you doing with this? I don't have enough of this wrapper. I don't know. And I, I heard that. I would hear that very often. I'm like, you know, why don't you just do a small run? Just one and done. And that, that's kind of what inspired our whole microphone. But I got to tell you, you know, I didn't, I didn't quite appreciate how difficult a small run can be especially if you're not vertical because when you're when you're trying to fit in production to a factory that's already at full capacity if you tell them okay i need 40,000 robustos 50,000 toros 50,000 6x60 okay well, let's get to work when you say i need 300 coronas they look at you like you're out of your mind and then, uh, let's correct the, that number. 3,000 Coronas, they'll look at you like you're out of your mind. Well, well yeah, whatever it is. You I get 300. 3,000 is still they look at you out of your mind. Yeah, if Absolutely. you're under 10,000 cigars, it's it's just as much work and preparation. And so to to it's actually, it's, it's a much more expensive process. And then yeah. if you're going to put something special on, if you only print 3,000 or 4,000 bands for something special, the price per piece is staggering compared to the price per piece if you run a hundred thousand. So it's it's really tricky to do these one-off projects, especially now in the post-COVID supply chain. You know, post price boom. increase, everything costs it's, more. Yeah. It's really really tricky. But I would. I mean, this is also the time when I need to express my profound gratitude to the Casadas, who have never, in ten years, have never pushed back on a project whether it was a small run samples whatever it is it's just never they've never said no they've always been aligned with the vision and put their best foot forward with every project and i think that's obviously quite clear so the run on this so people know was three thousand cigars so you can only imagine what we went through which is really why it came to an end right if you're doing something for real the burden of doing it takes its toll and it's kind of why our connoisseur club came to an end. I mean, imagine we were asking people to make 600 sticks. Yeah. Something. Yeah, 600. And I, honestly, I, I, people thought I was kidding, but I know, like, for a fact that every time we would ask somebody like a Steve Saka, he literally, he's going home saying, fuck Abe. Fuck Abe. I mean, I know what a nuisance and what a burden and what, what a screeching halt and problematic it is in the production chain, right? of to do a project like that. That's why we were very honored for all those companies that participated with us for 24 months in that kind of experimental experience with consumers, our kind of sore club, 
but and it's also it's, it's not a it's not a lot of money. I no, mean, nobody's other, making like, a lot of money on no one, no, one's get, yeah. no one's getting rich on on either right. of these projects. But it really, I think it 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 speaks to the the level to which we love our customers. Yep. And and how do you? I mean, you know, we're jumping through hoops to make three hundred packs of ten cigars. So we're going to positively change the lives of three hundred people. But the the amount of time and effort and money it takes to do that is pretty staggering for a relatively minimal impact. And I say that because if you are lucky enough to to buy them, if, and if we're fortunate enough to get your business, please amplify your love for that project and for the brand at large, because it's it's why we do it. We want you to love the work. And so if you're going to get something so special and so unique, please follow up with a post and a tag and amplify the brand story, the stories that you love. Just shine some light on it to help us sell the, the, the portfolio, not just the unicorns, because we can't live just on, on having the hot fudge on our, on our dessert. We Nobody can. dinners, you know? Nobody can. Nobody can. So um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to have more with Michael in hour two. Uh, a little bit of Name That Jam. We don't have Coop, but we got a couple of news articles to talk about. Always keep it going on Saturday morning. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Keep it lit. Romeo Villeta Reserva Real is introducing a twisted love story and a twisted Toro. These cigars are in addition to the original Reserva Real line. What we've done is added a two wrapper combination, looking like a barber pole or a Dos Capas. Now the wrappers that they're using is an Ecuadorian and a Connecticut shade, giving it that wonderful hinted flavor notes of cream with a little bit of woodiness added to it. But the nice thing it does to it also is adds great depth into the flavor. The binder and the filler are still the same using a Nicaraguan binder and a Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. So you still get that wonderful array of what you know as a Reserva Real, but you've added some depth into it. Now the Twisted Love Story and the Twisted Toro are the only two sizes that will be available in this line. This is a, a cigar that's iconic to the Reserva Real name, but giving it its just due in something that's fun and innovative. With that, go out and enjoy your own twisted love story. <laughs> 
Honest Dave here from Smoking Cigars. It is that time of year again, the Great Smoke 2023 Mardi Gras Madness. If you're wondering why everybody last year was calling it the best cigar event in the country, it was evident the day tickets went on sale. VIP tickets sold out in one day. That's right. They are all gone. Don't message us. Don't PM us. I'm sorry. There's nothing we could do. But there are still plenty of general admission tickets and virtual tickets. Once again, we'll be offering this event virtually as well as live. So for those of you who can't make it down, you'll be able to enjoy the festivities from the comfort of your own home. Michael Herklotz, Kim Keeney, and Paul DeGracco will be returning to be your co-hosts for your virtual experience. Whether you're coming down live or going to be enjoying the event from the comfort of your own home, your ticket price includes this epic package. It's one of our greatest Great Smoke packages in the history of this event, over $400 worth of product and great swag for the low cost of $165. If you're coming down live, you'll get your package the day of the event. If you order your virtual ticket, they'll start shipping weeks prior to the event in early March. For those of you coming down, we have four full epic days of fun. We start off with Drew Estate and Jonathan Drew. Thursday night, our headquarters here in Boynton Beach. Friday night, two events. Steve Saka here at headquarters and Evan Darnell once again returns to host our pre-event dinner with the Red Meat Lovers Club going off the top this year. I've seen the menu. It'll be up on the site soon. Incredible dinner. And our host, feature host this year, Michael Herklotz of Ferio Tego Cigars, who's made a very special cigar, especially for those attending the pre-event dinner. Saturday morning, we are starting early with the first ever tailgate party being hosted by the, the distinguished Ruffius and Eric Espinosa. There'll be a very special cigar made exclusively for that event for the first 100 attendees who go to the tailgate party. And of course, the main event will be Saturday afternoon. And then that night, after the main event, you can head back to our headquarters here. We'll have the man himself, Boofy Matt Booth, Room 101 Cigars, capping it all off with a beautiful Sunday brunch once again before everybody goes home from what we hope will be another historically, epically fun weekend. Do not hesitate. Tickets are selling this year faster than ever. Go to www thegreatsmoke.com and get your live general mission ticket your virtual ticket if you're going to enjoy from home and tickets for either the dinner or the brunch epic time we can't wait to see you all there the great smoke 2023 mardi gras madness
Welcome back, folks. Very special edition of KMA with my man, Michael Herklotz. And there's Abe. I was getting a little nervous. I don't know where you went. I didn't even realize I hit that button. I was watching. <laughs> he, was all, he was, he was okay. <laughs> I was watching like everybody else. Um, just a couple of things I forgot to talk about hour two. So this cigar will be available to the dinner attendees, right? So they're going to get first crack at this cigar. There but, are some tickets left. Yeah, yeah there, there's not going to be a lot. I mean, it's it's a sold out event as far as we're concerned. Uh, there's yeah. very few tickets left, but I I want to go over this menu that we're having this evening. Oh, yeah, I, don't I, heard. I don't know if you had a chance to hear it or see it, Michael, but we have a, a, a well-known, I guess, chef from Louisiana that was bringing Tom's Louisiana Kitchen. He's going to make. He's going to have a jambalaya station with chicken, shrimp, crab, and sausage. Then. The regular team's uh, stationed appetizers, beef sliders, Cajun butter stuffed, shrimp po' boy sliders, Mardi Gras spiced meatball sliders, and Dewey sausage caramelized peppers, onions, and bourbon sliders, and sexy wangs, which is uses the same seasoning that he makes that world-famous sexy bacon with. Stellar. The dinner will be a plated per person. Wait, that hours. wasn't the dinner? No, those were I'm already apps. full. Just we told you when we, we we Abe really you know put his elbow in Evan this year. It's it's Our, over the top. Keep going. The, slo the slogan is always rookies fill up on the apps. So yeah, you know, how don't can be you not with apps like that? Got to pace yourself. The dinner portion will be a plated per person plated 16 ounce New York straight uh, strip steak, loaded jumbo baked potato with famous sexy bacon, white truffle sauce. Muffalata salad, yes, it has meat, served family style. And dessert, I've had this dessert. It's epic. It's, um, once again, Tom's Louisiana Kitchen, his world-famous white chocolate bread pudding. It's going to be a lot of happy campers this night, that night. I don't know. There might be some unhappy campers by the end of that meal. Woo! Yeah, some people might have to go uh, right into a food coma. Those who have survived it and are still functional will probably head back over here to HQ. Uh, where we have probably our event will still be going on with Steve Saka. So um, it's kind of one of the things we were talking about last night. I, I got taught with on the dojo with the dojo guys, the evolution of the great smoke, right? I mean, it was a few hundred person event in the beginning. And um, I think it was in year two, we, we in year two, our, our first event, even though it was a few hundred people made a, it was heard, it was talked about, people were talking about it. So in year two, I was working late. I think we closed the shop like at eight o'clock. We had no bar back in those days. And um, I got a phone call, and I, I answer the phone. I don't care if I'm there at 10 o'clock at night. If it rings, I'll answer. Hey, we're closed. Or, But if I can help somebody, I will. And somebody had called me from Boston. I, I wish I remembered this guy's name because I remember seeing him at least for the next three or four years. Um, it was a guy from Boston who said that he was trying to get tickets for Cigar Fest and obviously sold out, couldn't get him, heard about our event, wanted to ask me questions. So I told him all about our event. This is our second year. And... Uh, after I told him, I goes, well, that sounds pretty cool. All right, great. What else do you got going on? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, what do you mean what else do you got going on? We're putting together this event. He goes, well, no, I mean, is that all? I mean, we're flying in from Boston. Where I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of get that. We never really thought about this event, having people come from out of state, right? This is like a, we were doing it for our locals here and whatnot. But he ended up coming down. He had a great time, grabbed me afterwards, talked to me, said, I will be here next year. Whatever. And I literally told him, I said, well, you know what? Next year, I'll have something else for you to do. And that third year was the first time we had an after party for the Great Smoke. 
And that went on and, and we just kept adding and adding and adding to where now, I mean, you saw during the video, it's jam-packed from Thursday night to Sunday afternoon. And even in our 17th year, we just added a new component. And I knew this was going to happen as soon as I saw somebody in the parking lot last year. We're oh, having an official tailgate party. The 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 distinguished. I, I thought as soon as I got out of the car and I saw how many people were there waiting, kind of tailgating on their own, but it wasn't official. And I'm like, oh man, this is a huge opportunity to do more. I don't know if you caught this or not last year, but you came the morning of. We were setting up on Friday, and there was one of our socialites. Um, he was out there. I didn't know who it was because it was far away. But we, we, as we were walking out, we see a station wagon or a car pulled up, trunk open, two lawn chairs, they're drinking beers and smoking cigars. And I'm, I'm like literally going, is someone tailgating the day before? Maybe they don't know. Maybe they think the events today. So we went out. We went live on Facebook, and we were talking to them. And they're like, yeah, we're here. We had nothing to do. We just thought we'd come and tailgate and hang out. And I literally called it then. I said, watch. This is going to be the beginning. This is now in a couple of years you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of people out here tailgating the morning of and sure enough the distinguished ruffians reached out to us they said they wanted to throw a tailgate party prior to the event eric espinosa got involved and um they even made a special cigar first hundred people get it which is kind of cool because that's when you know you're working with manufacturers who really appreciate the event because once again you're talking about this is a banded cigar i've seen it there's only a hundred or you know so first hundred people are getting some there's a lot of cool little things you can pick up by participating in this event and you being here for weeks. Um, I think cigar manufacturers kind of get excited, want to make something go, want people to walk away with something. Hey, I got something unique. And um, 17 years in, and it's, we're still adding on events to the Great Smoke. It's crazy. It's so great, man. The whole weekend is great. I think I told you after my nap, I was trying to get to the uh, to the event, and I I called an Uber. I didn't know. I didn't even know where I was at that point. And uh, <laughs> The Powsers walk by me and they were like, hey, we know you. I'm like, wait, I think I know you guys, too. And they gave me a lift. So that's, they, that's great. they drove me to the event. It was awesome. That's yep. uh, that's the family sense, you know, I mean, family no. gets thrown around a lot. It really gets abused, that word. But it is the appropriate word for this socialite community. I mean, thank it's, you, especially when you track, you know, it's not just cigars when you track on the group. I mean, people, people are going through stuff and, and they, they lean on the group to go through it together. You know, if they need, if they need help, if they need prayers, if they need, you know, whatever it is, it all happens on that group. It's a really special, special community. And I feel really lucky that, um, that you invited me to be a part of it. Oh, you're lucky. We feel honored and, and, and we're proud. We're proud of it. We put a lot of work into it. Alex knows, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're careful you know marketers and bots don't get in there we keep it a happy place a friendly place where people feel comfortable uh, it was really hard in the beginning because everybody was coming over from all these other groups and they thought that the interaction of a group was just posting a picture of what cigar like no commentary no interaction and like i was having a hard time with that i think i even made a video about it you know i mean there's hundreds of other groups where you can just post if your interest is to post a picture of this to stick you're smoking today there's hundreds of other groups. We always kind of wanted this group to be more. And you're right. That word family is so overused. But I don't just don't think you're right. There's not a better word that really kind of describes it. Because that's really how we feel. That's, that's and really I, how You know, I would also say that as we're, as we're gearing up for this event, and if, you're, if you at home are buying some of these exclusives as they come out, 
as you do engage them and amplify them, don't just amplify them in the group because that's a bit of an echo chamber too. If we're really going to grow and build awareness, um, taking it outside of the socialite community and into the mainstream uh, audience is really important, I think, for all of us to, to continue to build awareness. Abe, I don't know if that little commercial that you just ran is available as a separate clip, but I mean, I still think not enough people truly realize what this event is. And, you know, I'm always blown away by that, that zoom out the of, the, of the stage, of the crowd, guy, you know, I mean, it's just such a bonkers event. And, and I don't think enough people understand just how sophisticated and first class this event is. No, I mean, look, it's a production. It really is. I mean, I, I call it more of a, a, a real full-out production than a, an event or a gathering. You know, I was on with Nick Labrie last night, um, and, you know, they're talking you about the JR. come to this. He's more than invited. I mean, we, you know, we, I've been to their events, and yeah, I, I, we talked about it in the air. I've been to Texas Cigar Festival and smoking the Carolinas. And, you know, I, I didn't want to express to him how different our events are. Um, because, like you said, if you don't see it or part of it, you don't really understand it because most of the events are structured the way they were structured 25 you know, years ago 25 right. years ago literally right. i mean it's the same format and we've always tried to make ours different and when we began we came up with the concept of actually theming the event it made it even better because literally like every year is a new experience there's we're bringing something to you as an experience and like we're already excited about next year and this year is not even over we're coming up with the ideas of our th you know we already have the theme locked down for next year but we're coming up with what we're going to do as we think about along the way which really really helped morph that event to really the next level so um, the other thing that's great about your event is although there is a piece of it that does follow the the conventional trick-or-treat model for lack of a better word um because of the intimacy of the event, you're not just taking your cigar and going. I mean, if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. But there's a there's real community in that room. So it's not like uh, you know you're 40 feet from Carlito or 40 feet from Steve Saka, and you just kind of wave and thank you and take a picture from afar. You go right over to them and you say thank you and you tell them how much their cigars mean to you and you get a picture and they sign a box and. You know, it's it's so accessible. Um, not to say that those guys aren't accessible, but sometimes the atmosphere of the moment makes it feel like they are inaccessible. But yet, the the moments at the Great Smoke just feel so much more community. They feel so much more inviting that you're not bothering anyone to go over and and geek out and take a picture and. You know, it's it's what they're there for. You know, it's it's we want to be there and meet the people that love our products and take pictures and sign shit and do whatever whatever you want to do. You know, like that's why we're there. We want to engage. There's two things that will always tell you about the level of event that you've accomplished, right? One is when you have to tell everybody it's time to go home. Right. You know, when you're looking in a full room, because I, I've been to, I've been to events. In fact, my operations and I. Uh, guy and myself went to a big event in here in South Florida 
a few years ago, maybe the first or second one. And we showed up, it was in Miami. We might've gotten there 30 minutes for 40 minutes late. You know, um, there was traffic, it was spring break. And as we're walking to the hall, all we're seeing is people walking out. And we recognized one of our patrons, like, what are you doing? Oh, I got my cigars. And, and, and they're, they're walking out already. So, I mean, that, that tells you something. So at the end, when I yell and I say, you don't have to go home, but you got to go. It's time to go home or try to go somewhere. And, and you know, that old, old testament. And the other one is the manufacturers. Um, manufacturers hunt us down, most of them, to want to be in this event. They literally say it's their favorite event of the, of the year. Uh, Steve Saka, who, you know, most people who follow him or know him doesn't, compliment a lot of stuff and you know um literally went on social media last year and said this is the best cigar event in the country so when you get that feedback from the manufacturers because like you said right it's a burden they're packing they're getting employees they're coming down on a saturday it's a lot of work uh you know getting this ready for them and when they enjoy doing it still and the consumers don't want to go home that's when you know the events where it should be so we'll keep trying to do that and keep keep that standard alive Alex, challenge this week. You have a musical guy for Name That Jam. I, I'm very curious to... Well, you're looking like you're disappointed already in the choice, or you think it's, he's going to be too easy? Yeah, so I made this prior to him being scheduled, and I just... Oh, okay. So yeah, this, this is a gimme for Mike. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Listen, bro, not, no pressure, but if you fail this, you're fired. No, you know, <laughs> I'm really not a... Um... Mike, if you fail this one, you're fired. Okay, let's see. That's, that's it. All right. All right, so, right, so Mike, we're going to test your musical acting. We're going to play about a short snippet of a song, and we're going to see if – I don't know what it is either, so I'll be trying to guess along with you. We're going to see if we can name that jam presented to you by Avo Cigars. <laughs> That's the fill. That's the fill, right? Uh, the drummer, I thought you'd be on this all over this. Right? Oh, you're humming it. Greatest drum break ever. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of the name of the song. Alex, song the name of the song. Alex. Alex either Alex either makes them impossible or a layup. It's hard. This is this is the biggest hard. challenge. Is it this is, is it Phil Collins challenge. or the Genesis? No, it's not Genesis. Well, let's this go is, to the reveal. But I mean, it's Phil. It's Phil Collins. Yes. But what's the? Was it go. was it uh, Wedding Crashers? I, all I picture is like uh, Will Will Ferrell doing that doing that. Film. Oh no, that was uh, what's his brothers? name? Uh, brothers. Yeah, brothers. Yeah, brothers. Yeah, that's brothers. it. Yeah. 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 I'm okay. I'm, 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 thank God. That's that's the hardest thing of honestly of this seg of this segment because you want people you want most people listen. The art of it is oh I know that song but I can't name it and that's such a hard hard sweet spot to find. 
to, to be able to pick a part of the song that'll stir up the emotion. Oh God, I know this, but not the part that, oh yeah, I know this. It's, it's yeah. hard. I, I struggled and with it honestly, when I was doing this. I spent so many years of my life studying specific music that I really didn't um, explore, you know, the, the sort of fundamentals of mainstream pop. So there's a lot of songs like my my wife will be like singing along or to some song from the 90s and I've never heard it. She's like, how is that possible? And I'm thinking, well, it's probably because I was like, you know, I had big band in my in my headphones for four years playing along to stuff and learning jazz. I just missed I missed like a whole generation of, of pop. There's a lot of stuff. I There's a lot of music I really don't know, which is terrible as a musician, but. I got that one though, so at least I'm not fired. It's all right. Next time, next time I'll uh, I'll toughen it up a little bit. I think I'm in the second chapter here. It just keeps getting better. Man, it it gets. What I appreciate about this blend so much is the creaminess is preserved throughout, yeah. but the flavors really do evolve. You know, what starts off is kind of like a bit of toasty nuttiness in the beginning really kind of like fades out and it gets beefy and earthy and but it's still that really kind of creamy refreshing body which is nice for a cigar that's this rich yeah i'm really What's enjoying interesting it. is the, the creamy is almost on the back end you know it's on, it's well, not like 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 say elegancia that connecticut rapper that the creaminess in this is like on the back end for me, which is really enjoyable. I'm finding I'm, I'm finding the retro hail changed even. The retro hail has a little more. I mean, I can still feel it in my nose a little bit. Yes, yes. This yes. is also one of those one of those cigars that I love the aroma as much as I love the flavor. Like as soon as you light it, there's an aroma that's present that's that's really inviting. You know, it's funny because there's there's some cigars that really do that. You know, you, somebody else would be smelling, you know, what is that? That smells good. Um, there's other cigars like Carlos back here. I don't know what the hell he smokes, but when he lights it up, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> he, I think smokes more, those, he smokes more cigars than I would have thought he would. He does. It, well, listen, bro, comes, you know, you hang around a barbershop, you're bound to get a haircut. So I Yeah, I mean, what was he of was he a bit, he was, smoker when we when he, he started? A little bit, you know. We yeah. fired up a flavored cigar here and there. Now he Carlos is one of our graphic guys we have here, so a lot of this nice TGS art you're seeing was done by him. So, yeah. Thank you and kudos to Carlos. Carlos. So um, we don't have Coop here this week to discuss the news, but I think our man Alex had brought up a couple points that we could talk to Michael about during the news but let's let's run his little uh, intro anyway just for posterity's sake it's time for this I was gonna say that. yeah hey yo what's my theme music the scoop with coop breaking industry news here at first on kma talk radio and cigar hyphen coop.com So the world of cigars has not been exempt from the uh, the newest uh, the newest pandemic that uh, the universe is experiencing price increases. Um, Michael 
as a veteran, a fellow veteran, been in this a long time, uh, the era and the uh, the bombardment of price increases in this industry seems to be more than ever, and it seems to be relentless. Um, do you see? I mean, how do, as a guy who's not linear, so you know a lot of these price increases get passed through to you, and you know as a, as a new company in the industry. One, how is it affecting you? I mean, you have a perspective we don't have. As retailers, you know, it's funny because as retailers, and I have this discussion all the time, a price increase never, which is one, when I hear a retailer complain about price increase, I, I don't fathom it because a retailer doesn't ever really affect, a price increase never really, really, really affects a retailer. It really, really doesn't. It affects two people, people selling the product and the people buying the product. At the end of the day, we're just middlemen. Let's be real about it. Um, if, if a consumer loves a cigar and it's their favorite cigar and it's an $8 cigar and all of a sudden it becomes a $9 cigar, that consumer has the unfortunate choice. Do I buy that same cigar for $9? Can I afford that same cigar for $9? If so, and that's what happens. If not, he looks for another $8 cigar. So it's always a, a direct line between the owners of the brands and the consumers. And, and, you know, what's your take on, on this? And then will it slow down? Because when I first got in this business, man, we used to sell them get a price increase. When I got in 25 years ago, maybe every couple of years, this guy will do it. Now, like, you know, we're, we're making the catalog for the Great Smoke, and Alex has kind of been in standby mode because we know they're in the pike from some of these companies, yeah. and we're trying to figure out what the price is going to be in March and, and whatnot. It's, 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 it's a very volatile market right now. I think you've got the, the historical price increase strategy, which is you, you try and forecast how costs may be affected, and then you set your pricing in such a way that you can then preserve that pricing, let's say for a year, even if you have some volatility of your hard costs. But the volatility of pricing within the, the um, pipeline is so crazy. I mean, for example, you used to be able to get a container from wherever, DR, Nicaragua to the US, for 4,000 bucks, four or 5,000 bucks. It's tens of thousands of dollars to get a container to the United States from 4,000 to tens of thousands. And you so don't know which- Containers got up high, but, but here's what happens too, which I find, but pricing on containers have, have dropped since but it, the peak. But it's now, not, not going where, back. No, it never was. goes back to where it was because there is a high cost. But yeah, it was so absurd at one point. It was ridiculous. It's starting to drop. But what, see, here's the thing. And, and this is what's funny. And I think this is what the kind of whole world is kind of experiencing, right? Some of these price increases are short term or in the moment or shortage price increases, but the prices never go back down, you know? Um, and and I, I'm sure it's even harder with a guy like you who's kind of like, in the middle where you have to absorb stuff like that. And, and yeah. I remember the insanity one year, I think it was Steve Saka released a cigar at the trade show. Right. So we bought in, we bought a hundred boxes with a new cigar. Right. By the time the cigar was shipped and he got the product in, if you didn't buy it at the trade show, if you bought it at the trade show, you bought it at that price. He already had a price increase. I mean, that's like, I've never seen that in my life. Listen, we've experienced, cost increases and fortunately i have such a good relationship with all of our partners that they all tend to be very transparent with me to explain some of the costs 
Um, if you look in Nicaragua, they also have a, uh, a much different issue because they have a personnel issue. People are just one day packing up, leaving and heading north. And so they have to spend a lot of money to retain people and keep them right. working in Esteli. So that's a whole other set of challenges. We had our hinges for the Ferriotego humidors went up 600% just to get a, a hinge. Right. So some of those costs, I mean, you can't even, you can't even forecast what it may be. And then when you get such an increase that really shatters your margin, that you're using that margin to, to let's say forecast and budget for your year, then at some point you have to pass some of that along. Um, but I still look at pricing and look at our category and think there's a tremendous amount of value in this hobby that you're still getting so much more for what you're paying. I mean, think every one of these, it's not like you're buying bourbon where it's made in a batch and then it gets put all in a bottle at once. Every single one of these was made for you, you know, constructed from scratch for you. You think of all the years of aging and all the processing and then Two people together assembled this one cigar for you to enjoy, and you can buy that for $12 or maybe $13 now with a price increase. It's, it, I think it still really over-delivers. I don't know where, the, where this thing stops, but to your point, I have never in my life seen a price decrease from anybody. With the exception of maybe the ebb and flow of gas and shipping, prices don't come down. If anything, they stay but they don't come down. Um, so I just think it's one of those things we have to live with and, uh, and hopefully can manage better so that those price increases are happening less frequently than what I think we've kind of been forced to do in the last year or two. But it's a mess. It's not an easy, it's not an easy uh, situation. It's not. It's not, and 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 you know, some consumers are are very affected by it, and some you know some aren't. You know, it just. But I think I think you you made the the most important point, which is, if a brand cannot afford to hold pricing and then is forced to increase pricing, the consumer still has the ultimate ability to shop and find something that is within the price that they want to enjoy and it's still high quality i mean that's something that also came out of this boom is that despite the fact that prices increased inventories in some cases were challenged but quality really did not suffer in fact i would argue the opposite i think quality held or increased over the last five years which is great news for all people that love premium cigars regardless of price do you think they learned a lesson from the boom of, uh, you know, the late 90s? Well, you know, it's funny because I heard people saying exactly that. But I don't know how many people were around for that boom. I mean, certainly some of the more established manufacturers were. But yeah. even if you look at them, I'm not even sure how many of those, you know, corporate who, leaders were around. Who's, who's there, right? The companies right. may have been around, but the people running them. Yes, I, I, I don't know if they, if they, uh, if they were lived through it and learned from it. But I think there's, there is a level of, maybe it's because we're so much more connected to our consumers, but I think there is a, is a, a higher degree of loyalty to consumer and a higher level of, 
um, pride in product. And I think those two things make it very difficult for manufacturers to play games and sacrifice because we know that that's a, that's a, that's a game-ending sacrifice. If you sacrifice quality, everyone will know that immediately. And once that, once that ship sails, you can't bring it back to port. Nope. That's definitely a mark you don't want. So I think people really stay committed to quality. Which ultimately is the benefit of the consumers. I think so. so. Absolutely. Without a doubt, I said before, consumers have such a enormous selection of quality cigars to choose from. Where really when I got in this business, was, you know, at the very cusp end of the boom, man, there was a lot of bad cigars on the market. Everything was being rushed to market. People were pop, there were pop-up cigar companies overnight, you know, trying to take advantage of the shortage situation. And, um, you know, it was, it was hard to get a good cigar back then. It really was. And uh, now we, that was the one nice part about the shortages during the pandemic is quality really didn't seem to suffer across the board throughout our industry. So kudos to everybody involved. Agreed. Alex, uh, you got some political news this week? Yes, yes. So um, uh, a little bit more of the same, but for the for the third consecutive Congress, Marco Rubio is introducing a bill that would exempt premium cigars from regulation by the FDA. Now, you know, again, this is something that that's been brought up multiple times. I don't understand. Isn't this been always going on? Well, no, 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 no. This is not the lawsuit. So essentially, this bill would exempt premium cigars completely. Oh, he's actually making a political bill. Yeah, and, and he has. He's done it for three Congress. He tends to get so he tends to get bipartisan support from Florida, because obviously, uh, political figures in Florida understand how it affects the the Florida economy. Um, the bill essentially exempts all premium cigars as we know it. Um, even machine-made cigars that are that are loaded by hand, essentially like what J.C. Newman does with, with their machine-made bundle cigars, does not include anything with flavor additives or small cigars, cigarettes, obviously. Um, you know, most likely the bill won't go anywhere, but it it is good to see, you know, somebody in Washington kind of bringing it to the forefront. I assume if when this does get put on the record, You'll probably see guys like, you know, Rocky Patel or those in for you know, get a chance to speak on it. And, you know, those guys, those guys that do the Washington thing. Um, but in essence, that would that would kill pretty much the the whole lawsuit thing going on with you know, I don't think, and cigars. I don't think the bill has ever actually been brought up for a formal vote, but it typically is more symbolic, as I understand it, that he presents the legislation, he gets the the support. And it keeps it in the conversation, which right. is equally important. The interesting thing, though, about this legislation is the definition that is used in the legislation that Rubio presented is different than the definition that has currently been used by Judge Meta in the lawsuit. Yes. Um, both exclude flavors, if I recall, but yeah. Rubio's protects the um some of the cigars that are made at jc newman whereas um the the fda and meta uh one is does not have the um exemption for lack of a better word of those machine made by hand uh cigars right, look, right. anytime there's some favorable discussion about premium cigars among lawmakers i think it's good for our business 
Sure, and sure. And, and Rubio's also doesn't put that price range thing yeah. in there as well. Whereas you know, premium cigar cigar has to be you know. Neither does I don't know the, FDA. the numbers. Neither that does the FDA. No, I know that was part of the okay. I think it was part of the deeming regulations at some point. Originally, right. it was contemplated, and I think it was also used for California. Someone just passed a law recently that was trying to. California did cigar. did that with uh, flavored cigars. I think like a that's right. Cigar they had a, they had California's, a price. It's going to be like thirty bucks now or something. So they had a price for. If, if you want to buy there, a flavored there, cigar in California, there, there's no universe, Michael. You feel where cigars will ever be given an FDA exemption? Well. I don't know. I mean, I've I've learned I've learned never say never, so no, it's certainly possible. Um, but you really have to solve for why a tobacco product is deserving of being completely exempt without regulation when tobacco as a category is regulated. So I've always I've always assumed that we would be able to land somewhere in the regulated but regulated differently. So category specific, I, that's where my assumption was that we would land. But continuing to see some of the developments with the the big lawsuit and Meta and his sort of ruling that that the FDA failed to act properly, going all the way back to the deeming regs, some of that really gives me a, a different level of hope that especially now that they're being forced to look at the science the argument that would have been made was that unless you can prove that handmade premium cigars are different scientifically and they have different risk associations and they have no youth appeal and, and uh, consumption behavior patterns are different. If you can prove that, well, then you have an argument to regulate differently or not at all. We just never had the data. I think it's actually worked to our benefit that this thing has been dragged on for so long. Right. We got the data and the data says everything we believe to be true, but couldn't uh, we couldn't prove it. And this NASM report proved what we've been saying all along. There's no there's no youth attraction. There's no youth use um, as far as a major problem uh, that even premium cigar enthusiasts by and large are only enjoying you know one a month maybe on average that so that now that we have the data i think that that will reinforce the the idea that we don't pose a threat to society to such a degree that it requires all of this oversight and regulation what it does require and i think will help is that we as an industry continue to demonstrate that we are self-regulating we ID every purchase. If you're not 21, you don't walk in the door. If we can enforce our own policies and procedures and make it clear that there's no room for youth access, there's no room for you know, uh, bad actors, I, then, then we continue to, to illustrate that there's not a problem to be had and therefore hopefully differential regulation or even exemption I think could, could really be possible. I think the argument for youth access is going to be one of the hardest ones. Because um, unless they're willing to say that these products will only land in the establishments that are meant to sell them, 
as long as we keep seeing the stream of these Ziploc bags that are hanging in the local Circle K's and 7-Elevens and whatnot, I, I don't think you're ever going to win the argument on, on youth access. And I think that's always going to be a little bit of a hang-up for us as an industry. Because that's a big market. I don't disagree. But again, I think then you have to take it one step deeper. Because you then you could argue the same youth access, meaning just that they're able to see the product, exists in every gas station they walk into and they buy a slurpee and behind the counter is cigarettes and and all that but stuff. it does but it does michael but but that's that's that goes to their argument that they could say well that's why you're going to be regulated like that other product that's behind the shelves and whatnot it, it's a very tough line to dance that youth access is a very tough line to dance if our we as an industry continue to pursue those avenues of where to have our product because then you're I just going to treat it like the other product it's there. But then the, then the question is, is the product attractive to that youth eye? And I think it could be, the arguments could be made that these big brown logs in a bag are not as attractive as the small packaging and cool colors that may live behind the counter. So if, if we're really trying to compare categories, our products by design are not appealing to youth largely there, there may be some exceptions to that but largely i think that's the case and certainly the ones that are sold in those channels are from pretty mature established brands that can support those channels and those are arguably the least attractive and the most conventional packaged products you and i you and i understand that but i think now you're delving into another little thinner hairline of an argument than well, yeah, it's also common sense and we know that common sense does not prevail. Right. Right. right so there was actually another story that kind of ties into this a couple of weeks ago it's kind of cool on one hand on the other hand it's a little bit of like rules for thee but not for me um so with the new congress uh cigar smoking has now been allowed on the house side of the capitol building so your local congressman can enjoy a cigar <laughs> in his office and in the, so in the halls of the capitol Here's an important distinction. A local congressman can enjoy a cigar in his office now. Yes, in the Capitol building. Okay, yes. to be in clear. Rooms, not on the House floor, but everywhere clear, else on the House side. They also could in the last Congress. And this is why it's so interesting. A congressman has always been permitted to smoke in their private office. Office, right. In the Capitol, always. The reason it became amplified in this Congress is because during the um, speaker debate of who was going to be speaker, there were a lot of loud, long, late um, discussions that were happening that involved a lot of people in a small room enjoying cigars. And then you also had for the first time a press pool sitting right there waiting for updates who all of a sudden started smelling all this cigar smoke. Now, if they had sat there any other time, they probably would have smelled it too, but they weren't typically there, and there weren't typically that many people all smoking at the same time. And then, of course, it was an easy um, politization of the story to say now Republicans are, are, are blowing smoke everywhere. But to be clear, you could smoke in your office a year ago in Congress. So it's not a new thing. It's just been uh, there's a new spotlight on it right now. I do think, though, this is an opportunity 
for those folks that enjoy smoking cigars in their office to demonstrate the level of thoughtfulness that I think all premium cigar enthusiasts have, which is we all like to find a place where we can enjoy a premium cigar without disrupting others. I mean, I'm the first, like I don't sit down on a bench and light up next to a mother with her baby in a stroller just because I have the right to smoke outside. We wouldn't do that because we're thoughtful. So I think there's a, there's an important opportunity here for while there's a, a spotlight on it for people to show a little bit of discretion and respect for those people who maybe don't enjoy the fine aroma of premium cigars and just make sure that there's not 12 guys in one office. You know, if 12 guys have to get together, maybe find another spot to do that. Go borrow the PCA office or something, but, but exercise a little bit of discretion and thoughtfulness um, when you're enjoying your handmade premium cigar, because we want to keep, we want to keep the, the, the class associated with this hobby. We don't want to get into this, you know, it's my right to do it. And so I'm going to blow smoke in your face. I, I think, think that's, that's, I think it's the minority of our group, Michael, of our culture, because I think, look, of course it cigar, is a, a but, cigar, a cigar is an enjoyable moment. A cigar is an enjoyable moment. It's a relaxing moment. And the last thing we want is chaos or headache, right? We just want to enjoy in peace. Um, and, and on the flip side is there's those people who are relentless even when you're not imposing on them. I've walked yes. through festivals. I've walked through festivals or whatever, not with a lit cigar because I know I'm walking by, but I've held it in my mouth, right? It's it's in, not even has it been lit or anything. And I've heard people coughing and making comments. I'm like, it's not even lit. Yeah. Like, this is in my pocket. You have no knowledge of what's going on. That behavior is what the media is doing with this story. It's There's not an actual problem, or it's not a new problem if it is a problem, but it's being amplified right now. And that's obviously very deliberate. So I think we have to be careful that when the spotlight is being shown on this wonderfully special intimate hobby that we keep our behavior positive so that at least when people are looking and watching this thing unfold uh that they see a certain demeanor that i think the majority of cigar enthusiasts share which is respect for other people sorry i disappeared for a moment but i'm fully convinced that the printer alarms are more efficient than fire alarms. Is that what you were dealing with? It probably I, was. It was going I, nuts over there. I, I wasn't even gonna. We couldn't hear it, but I wasn't even gonna ask. All I heard, we kept hearing slamming. I wasn't sure if it was the door. Yeah, I the wasn't printer sure alarm was going is fucking more efficient than a fucking fire alarm. <laughs> I thought maybe the, I thought maybe the second cup of coffee kicked in and your roof caved in and you had to go take care of business. <laughs> no, that, I'd be I'd be beelining that way. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on what was going on it was funny and, and we could hear the slamming i wasn't sure if it was the door yeah, it, it stopped for a second and it came out no didn't get it yeah that's what that fucking printer was going nuts for a minute that's funny um another thing is uh you know obviously i think this industry has been very happy about guy fieri's presence you know people like that bringing spotlight to what's going on is always good um news news this week dropped dropping a new cigar uh a, a limited run celebrating his 55th birthday it is 55 55. So I think they're making what 555 boxes of a special rendition of the knuckle sandwich. Is that what's going on, Alex? Yes, yes. The knuckle sandwich 55. 
You know, I don't know if you shared the same level of skepticism that I had when this project launched. We've all seen famous people try and try and do every cigars. time. Every time I hear it, but I my mind was changed at the Great Smoke, <clears throat> listening to him talk, seeing him engage with customers, and just seeing how he has so authentically incorporated premium cigars into his life more publicly. You know, there are a lot of people that love cigars that don't share it publicly because there's a lot of blowback. And I'm really, I'm impressed at, at the way he's done it. And, and I really think it's great for our business. And I think Joe Rogan is another one. I put both of those guys, even though Joe doesn't have a brand per se, his affection for premium cigars, the way he shares them on his show, um, that is a really uh, encouraging development, I think, that, you know, I, I, I use this term a lot, the idea of social permission. We need it today to, to brag about anything. And like you, you, we only post what we know we have permission to post and that will be met with all the likes and the shares and the comments that we desire. And if we wonder whether we're gonna get all that positive affirmations, then we just don't, Put it up there because no one wants to deal with the blowback no one wants to be canceled and that certainly happens in the high profile world i've got a lot of friends who are high profile who love my cigars and don't post them because they get they get slayed in comments from moms or from other folks saying that they're setting a bad example for their kids by having a, a cigar it's just it's crazy the amount of blowback that's out there but to have guys like joe and guy who are unapologetic about the things they love and they're doing it respectfully that's a really really big win i think for the for the pr of our industry the skepticism without a doubt has always been there we've seen many guys come and go but i tell you what when this project was first pitched eric actually bought guy here we had a meeting here we're talking to him and, and, and talking about what his feelings was and what he thought his involvement would be with the brand and what his expectation was. So then, then you say to yourself, you know, all right, a lot of guys like to talk the game, but then when it comes time to do stuff, it's a different story, right? I mean, you talk about politicians, politicians have long smoked cigarettes, presidents have smoked cigarettes, but you'll never see it, right? They're just not putting it sure. out there. And, um, you know, he said it would be at the great smoke last year. Uh, he FaceTimed with my daughter cause my daughter's a big fan of his likes to cook told her, hey, I'll bring you an autograph book, you know, at The Great Smoker. Shows up at The Great Smoke. You think, okay, this guy's never going to remember this book. Shows up at the book, hands it to my daughter, lets her take some photos with him. Um, was For La, La Zona Palooza, a festival that Eric kind of does at his factory. Yep. He needed a ride. I picked him up at his house. He lives about 10 minutes from here. Drove him and his son an hour plus down to Miami and then bought him back after the event. He is into this lifestyle and culture. He ain't ashamed of it. He's putting it out there. And, you know, you talk about negative feedback. I mean, didn't um, one of the Jonas Brothers went through yeah, that? Yeah, got slayed because he was on the cover of Cigar Aficionado. I'll tell you what was cool, too. I, I saw the other day a couple of people po posted pictures. I guess uh, Eric had his annual sales meeting with everybody coming in. And, and Guy was there, he, you know, part of the Espinosa annual sales meeting. Guy wasn't there. He hosted the lunch at his house right here. They were going right. to come. So, they were going to come by after lunch. He invited the whole sales team to his house for a lunch. So right. So this That's is not just you know making you know 
public appearances, you know, this guy's engaged. But uh, real quick about the cigar, it's pretty cool. They, they, they really went all in on the 55. So it's the Knuckle Sandwich 55, celebrating Guy Fieri's 55th birthday. 555 boxes were made, and it is a 5.5 by 55 Robusto. <laughs> and his partner on the tequila is a very famous song with those two numbers, too. Oh, uh, is it Sammy Hagar? Sammy Hagar. Right. I can't drive 55. So it's all tied in. It's all tied up. So, um, well, it kind of wraps up our show for this week. Uh, we hope everybody uh, had a good yeah. Saturday morning with us. Uh, Michael, once again, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure, my friend. And look forward to we're going to be seeing you in six weeks. So, yeah, roughly six weeks. So, uh, we got a lot to do between now and then. Um, we are back next week with an old friend, um, Marvin Samuel, uh, co-founder of Drew Estate Cigars, now movie producer. Have you had a chance? Speaking of which, have you had a chance, Alex? Have you seen the movie at all? I have not. No. Um, I went to, I get, I think, one of the first things he had here at a movie festival in Miami. Um, wants to talk about the movie. Movie's going to start, I think, from the news, going to be going nationwide, coming to theaters near you, I, Mordecai. He'll be up, coming up, talk about it, show a little sip. So we'll have him as a uh, short guest on our show next week to catch up a little bit with Marvin Samuel. Um, follow us on Facebook. If you don't belong to our social media group, become a smoking socialite. It's a great community, a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see you guys all next Saturday. Until then, everyone, keep it lit. <laughs>